Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and today we're going to be on a very touchy subject with many people, but it's a uh, very good subject to talk on when you're dealing with uh, spiritual growth and dealing with uh, your ability to get along with people and uh, be in harmony and unity uh, the way that Christ would like us to be and to actually demonstrate Christ-like principles in your own life. And so we're going to talk about uh, selfish ambitions and how to avoid selfish ambitions and, and where selfishness leads to. You know, the Bible uh, tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 and 24 that no one should seek their own good, but instead seek the good of others. In other words, we should always be concerned about the other person. And if in Christ's uh, demonstration when he walked here on this earth, he was always concerned about us, always concerned about the other person. And because he cared so much about people, and he was in the people business, people became better. Their lives became better. They were changed for the better. And people became uh, better people and their culture became better when they hang out around Jesus. And he set that example for us to do for other people. So when we talk about uh, avoiding selfish ambitions and we talk about being... Um, focused on the needs of others, the way that the heavenly realm works, the way that God's intentions for our lives works, if we are focusing on caring about the next person, then someone around the line is going to be focused on caring about us. And there's always someone in the background caring for you and watching your back and taking care of you spiritually. And what I mean by that, if if you know that you've got a brother or sister in the Lord or a neighbor or someone, even if it's someone that's lost and don't know the Lord, if you are focused on them in prayer and asking God to lift them up and to take care of their problems and to intervene, and even more, if they have a problem that you yourself can help them through and you are doing that, then not only is God rewarding you in heaven for doing that, but he's also paying you back with someone watching your back and when something happens in your life, God's going to make sure there's somebody there covering you in prayer, somebody there standing beside you to help you out with your situation. And I know many of you listening out there can give a testimony of what I'm talking about here today and probably have plenty of things that have taken place in your life that has uh, uh, that can relate to what we're talking about. But uh, I want to go on with a couple more scriptures here. The first Corinthians 13, chap, uh, chapter 13, verse four and five says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It don't boast. Love is not proud. It does not dishonor other people's. It's not self-seeking. Love's not looking for its own selfish desires. And it's not eagerly angered. It doesn't get bothered real easy. And love does not keep any record of wrongs. That's a very important part about love. And when you talk about love in, in neighbors, love in friendships, and even more, love in your relationships as, uh, as pertaining to marriage. When you talk about love in a marriage, love keeps no records of wrongs. And it doesn't, uh, the, the issue here that's going on in Corinthians is when the one person 
is caring about the other person and caring about that other person's needs and making sure that their needs are met and taking care of them physically, emotionally, spiritually, covering them in prayer. The other person on the other side, both spouses need to be doing that for each other. When one person gets out of line with that, that relationship gets out of balance. But what happens is love gets out of balance in one person's heart and they stop demonstrating love. And then all of a sudden, patience goes away. Kindness goes away. Envy starts piling up in the relationship. There's some pride that pops up there. Well, he's not doing this for me or she's not doing this for me or or I need this in my life and they're not taking care of that or you know, I need more time with them and they just don't listen to me. So I'm not going to give them any time anymore. Love does not keep any records of wrong and it does not boast. It does not envy. It's very patient. And when we focus love on other people, and I'm not just talking about relationships here as far as marriage, but your neighbors, the Bible says, well, well, Jesus said that the greatest commandment was to love God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, strength, everything about you. And then the second commandment was just as important when he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if you want yourself to have food, you're going to make sure that your neighbor has food too. You would care that your neighbor's sitting next door or down the street and you're sitting at a table having a big steak and baked potato and you know your neighbor don't even have a box of Raymond noodles and you would be you would care about that that would bother you if you had love in your heart so what he's saying here is we need to be focused on caring for everyone so that the atmosphere changes in our world today the selfishness and the envy and the greed there's so many greedy people in our in our world today in our society that does everything that they can possibly do in order to advance themselves and they don't care if it has morals or ethics in it or not. They just want to do whatever it takes to advance their self and get one more physical thing in their possession. Now, here's one of the really hard scriptures that you can take on this because James chapter 3, verse 16, and I love the book of James when it comes to wisdom and scripture. I mean, he goes really hand in hand with the book of Proverbs, I believe. But James chapter 3 and verse 16 says, where you have envy and self-ambition. Self-ambition is where you're focused on yourself all the time and trying to see how elevated you can get yourself, trying to see how successful you can get yourself, trying to see how big you can become and how more you can get people's eyes focused on you and how popular you can become. This this is self-ambition. And don't get me wrong. It is not wrong to seek uh, power. It's not wrong to seek position and authority when you're using it the right way. Because if you have authority, you have influence. And if you have influence, you can change the world around you. So just like I have this microphone, if there's people that's listening to me, the word of God is coming through me. This is not Brett Hill speaking. This is the word of God that I'm speaking. And I get to be used by God by the influence of the position that I have to be able to speak out over the radio, speak out over TV programs, speak out over the podcast and across the internet. That is a a version of influence 
that can be used for God's advantage. But I'm not using this for my advantage. I'm using it for God's advantage. And this is what he's talking about here. This is a good example. Selfish ambition would be that I would be trying to make myself extremely popular, try to turn this podcast into a massive money-making situation and get myself really popular, sell a bunch of uh, whatever, and uh, maybe start myself a big church or start myself this big program that lines my pockets and then get everybody focused on me instead of the Savior that I talk about on a regular basis on this program. James chapter 3 and 16 is telling us that where you have selfish ambition, listen to the second part of that so we can really drive home the point that I'm trying to make here. Where you have selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every evil practice. So if you are focused on yourself, then evil is going to be in your life. Disorder is going to be in your life. When you stay focused on your own selfish ambitions, I need to make sure I get this. I need to be sure I get this. I, 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 I. I tell people all the time that when you are dealing in God's ministry, there is no such thing as I, me, or my when you're talking about ministry because it all belongs to God and you are only a servant in his kingdom and you are being used by God to get his word advanced to the people that need to hear it. And it has nothing to do with you because if you don't do it, if you get puffed up, if you get selfish ambition, he can easily remove you and replace you with somebody else. So he wants a humble heart. He wants somebody that's obedient, somebody that will surrender themselves to the direction and the authority of Jesus Christ. And that's why in James chapter 3 and 16, he says, where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder. Anybody out there listening to me has ever had anything going on in their life every time they just try to get something working, it just won't go right. It seems to always fall apart. You just can't get things lined up. Check yourself and make sure you're not doing it for the wrong reason. Make sure that you're not focusing on something so that you can advance and and make yourself look better. Make sure that everything you do, the Bible says that we should do all things that we do, all of our work, all of our labor, as if we are doing it for the Lord, not for our boss, not for ourselves, not for anybody else, but as if we are doing it unto the Lord, because he is the one ultimately When all is said and done, he's the one we need to be satisfying and not ourselves. This life we have here on this earth is extremely short. And I know I say this a lot every time that I have a podcast. A lot of times this comes up. But when you look at the length of eternity versus the short years we have on this life, I've had friends that died at 25. So other friends that died at 30. Um, Listen, we don't know how many years we have here, but if you live to be 150 years old, that is a puff of wind compared to eternity with no begin and no ending, no no timeline of where you're going to spend eternity. And so when you focus on yourself, this, this life is a trial. It's a trial that we go through in our spirit to see how we're going to handle being in control of our own life so that we will choose the right choices, so that we will live the right way, 
based on God wants the way that God wants us to live. If we focus on selfish ambitions, if we focus on the flesh, if we focus on, well, I don't like this person here, so I'm just going to leave them and go marry somebody else. I don't like this person, so I'm just going to leave them and go do it. You know, every time I don't like, I don't like, I don't like, it's selfish. You're focused on yourself and, and not trying to help that other person. Did you ever think that maybe if you take the time to talk to someone that you don't like, or maybe that you perceive that you don't like, maybe it's just a lack of communication and you're not communicating with that purpose or with that person. And uh, maybe you've got a whole misconception of them to start with because there's not a communication channel open between the two. God wants us to have relationships. He is in the people business. And when we get selfish and we start thinking out loud and, and doing things that we shouldn't be doing with our own mind for our own selfish ambitions, then we tend to judge people wrong. We tend to look at life wrong. We tend to go down the wrong paths. And then all of a sudden we get so far away from God that we can't hear him. We can't recognize his hand in our life anymore. And we wind up being the ones to walk off from his goodness and from his grace and from his mercy. And uh, listen here at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, a generous person, get this, a generous person will prosper. Now, that's not just in your money, but that's in your time as well. When you give of your time to somebody else to help them out, that is being generous. That is not being selfish. That's not somebody that's eat up with envy and self-ambition. I just got to have this and I don't have time to fool with you because I'm focused on my own goal right here. Proverbs 11.25 says, when you are generous to other people, it will cause you to prosper. Whoever refreshes other people, whoever encourages other people, whoever makes other people's lives better, their life will be better as well. That's what it's saying there. Again, that's Proverbs 11, verse 25. A generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You know what that is? That's just the opposite of selfish ambition. That is, when I look at someone else's life and I see that they're in need, I put my own needs aside, and I go out and I see if I can be a better uh, help those people be a better person, help those people through their problem, maybe just sit down and give them some comfort, give them a relationship so that they can have friendship, whatever it is. But I put my own thoughts and my own selfishness aside and go out and help another person. And by doing that, God rewards you. God advances you. He prospers you. He, he gives you rewards from his kingdom. And a lot of times that's good health. A lot of times that's good reports from doctors. A lot of times that is just uh, another friend. You get rewarded with someone that sticks close to you like a brother and you wind up having a great relationship with someone else that you can depend on because you decided to be generous to someone else. And Romans 15 verse 2, each of us should please our neighbors for their good, for what? To build them up. So there it is again in the book of Romans. Apostle Paul's telling us we should find a way to help our neighbors, find a way to build them up, to edify them, to lift them up, put them on a pedestal and help our neighbors get their mind, will, and emotions out of a gutter when they're in a problem, when they're in a need. A lot of people get so stressed these days and have so many issues going on in their lives that 
it feels like calamity is just closing in on them. And it's our job as Christians to not just go sit on a church pew, to not just show up on Sunday morning and maybe lift our hand and say amen and sing our three little songs and say, that man, that sure was a good sermon. Let's go to the restaurant. It is our job as Christians to edify others. That is God's mandate for us. God has told us that we need, as Christians, to imitate Jesus Christ and do the things that Christ told us to do, do the things that Christ did when he was on this earth. So, Romans 15 and 2, each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. Proverbs 18 and verse 2 says that fools find no pleasure in understanding. See, I have a lot of people when I do this podcast, there's a lot of people that sees our post. I know they don't even listen to the podcast. They get on one of the social media sites and see the the title or the headline or the description of the podcast, and they write so many derogatory remarks just trying to say, hey, you don't understand this. You're you're in a fantasy world, or you're this, or you're that, and you're just telling a bunch of garbage and all. See, that's the people that God's wanting this word to reach out to. That's That's what this podcast is out here for, is to reach those people, because he said the gospel must be preached to the entire world before Christ will come back. But to get back to the scripture, when those people are doing that, it says fools find no pleasure in understanding. The Bible calls you foolish when you refuse to understand the word of God. When you refuse to get into the word of God and see where your errors are and see where you're wrong in your ways and see where your spirit's in the wrong place. You, We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and it doesn't matter who you are where you come from, what you've been taught in the past. Everyone has sin in their life and everyone needs forgiveness. Everyone needs God's grace. And with that, when people decide in their own heart to have selfish ambitions and not be generous, not give time to the Lord and not please their neighbor, they wind up one of these people that finds no pleasure in trying to understand where a Christian is coming from they don't want to. I don't have time for that Jesus stuff, so I don't want to fool with you, and you are an idiot. I've, I've had that posted on one of our podcast postings several times, being called all kinds of names because of my faith, because of my belief. But Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. So I know that there's going to be people out there that chooses not to understand how much Jesus Christ loves them. There's going to be people out there that chooses not to understand why God sent his own son to die on the cross to start with. But Proverbs 18 and 12 says they find no pleasure in understanding, but they do find delight in airing out their own opinions. See, that's what I'm getting at on when they see Christian material posted, when they see these podcasts posted, people like to air out their own opinions about it because they don't have Christ in them. Good things can't come out of people that have evil in their hearts. Good people can't come out of people, even maybe they don't have evil in their hearts, but they, they just don't love God. Maybe they've just not even come to a place to where they understand who God is. And so 
to keep from having any kind of uh, responsibility with God's word, they choose to not even read it and to stay away from it to try to keep from having responsibility for it. Well, listen, that don't work. The Bible says we're all going to be held accountable and we're all going to have to face God one of these days and we're going to be judged on one number one thing. Have you or have you not received Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior? And if we let people continue in their selfish ways, if we let people just continue acting like that and you see people that says, oh, that Christianity is foolish, oh, that Christianity, I, I just, you know, that's stupid, it's a fairy tale, what have you. If you turn away from those peoples and you don't try to share the love of God with them, then they're going to die and go to hell. And that's something that we as Christians do not need to let people do. We cannot get selfish and say, well, I don't want my feelings hurt. Every time that I talk to those people about Jesus, I get my feelings hurt or or uh, they, they really call me a bunch of names. And so to protect myself from all this name calling and mouth running, I'm just going to stay away from them. That's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to show the sow the word of God into other people's lives. He wants us to preach the gospel, even if they ridicule us, even if it becomes to the point to where they kill you and take the flesh. They can never kill your spirit. They can never take you away. You are a living, breathing spirit that's going to live for eternity, and you are inside a vessel that we call the flesh, that we call the body. This body will pass away, but your spirit will not. It will spend eternity somewhere. So we need to make sure that we understand that it is our job to spread the gospel and not be selfish and just sit around and go, well, you know, this is my life and I'm going to live it the way that I want to. I'm saved. I've asked Christ into my heart. So it's somebody else's job, not mine. I heard a preacher tell me one time, it's not been too long ago, it is a preacher's job, a pastor of a church, to uh, take care of the flock. Jesus called us sheep, and he was the shepherd. And the, he puts a pastor or a preacher over a church to shepherd the flock, to nourish them, to feed them spiritually. But if you realize that if anybody ever looks at what a shepherd does and what sheep do, if you want to grow the church and grow the kingdom of God, the shepherd himself does not create little lambs. The shepherd watches over the flock. Sheep make little lambs. So we get more sheep from sheep. We don't get more sheep from a shepherd. The shepherd cannot create a sheep. Only sheep can create more sheep. And that is the way that God has developed us in the Christian world. He says, you go. You preach the gospel. Don't be selfish. Don't be lazy. Don't have your own foolish ambitions and sit around and ride this thing out because you will face me about this when you see me face to face one day and you're going to have to have an account for just accepting me as Lord and Savior but not accepting my teachings. You cannot have it both ways. We have to accept his teachings and do the things that he tells us to do. You know, Mark 12 and 31 tells it plainly. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So we need to make sure that we are listening to the words of God. We need to read the entirety of his teachings, read the entirety of what he wants us to do as Christians. And we will understand 
that we cannot be selfish. We cannot be lazy. Selfishness cannot get involved. If we let selfish get involved in one little thing that our husband or our wife says or does, oh, we'll be looking to get a divorce. I don't want to get along with those people anymore. Aren't you glad that Jesus don't treat us that way? Aren't you glad that even though you disrespect God, even though that we disobey him, even though we fail him on a regular basis, even though we don't pray like we should, we don't talk to him like we should on a regular basis, Jesus don't just say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to divorce you and I don't want to have nothing to do with you anymore. No, Jesus is committed to you even though you're not committed to him. And he wants us to have our marriages the same way. Even though one person gets a little out of line because of something going on in their life, that's where the other one needs to step up their game and be more like Christ to draw the other one back into the relationship the proper way and not be selfish and say, well, if they're not going to try, I'm not going to try. Oh, that's the greatest trick of the devil. That Right there, you're just serving Satan and telling Satan, hey, I like your idea better, Satan. I'm going to quit serving God for a few minutes here, and I'm just going to serve you and do what you want me to do. And me and you together, Satan, are going to tear my marriage apart. Ouch. I hope that didn't step on somebody's toes, but that's what God is trying to tell us. When we allow selfish ambitions to get into our life, we are destroying our ability to be effective in the kingdom of God. Psalms 119 and 36 says, turn my, heart, turn my heart toward your statutes, O Lord, and not toward my own selfish gain. Did everybody hear that? I'm going to read that again. That is found in Psalms 119, verse 36. Turn my heart toward your statutes, O Lord, and not toward my own selfish gain. In other words, Lord, keep me away from being selfish and doing the things I want to do and turn me, help me to focus on what you want me to be doing because I know that's the best place for me to be. 1 Corinthians 3 and 18, do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. The Bible's telling us to not deceive ourselves. Don't try to think that because of the world standards that's out there today, the world standard is get God out of the schools, get the Bible out of the churches, get the Bible out of the government, get the Ten Commandments off the walls of the government. Let every man do whatever makes them feel good. It doesn't matter if it's a sin or not. That's the standard of today's world. Jesus has plainly told us he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God will never change. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. Whatever is written in that Bible is what the standard of eternity is going to be ruled by. So you cannot just say, hey, because I feel this way, all culture is moving in this direction so we can kind of move the Bible in that direction too. No, if culture is moving, that means it's moving away from God's standard. God's standard hasn't moved and it's not going to move. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Galatians 2 and 20, I'm going to leave you this one last scripture. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives inside of me. The life I now live in this body, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, church, Everybody that's listening, I want you to understand it is the love of God that puts us in a place to where we can love and care for other people. 
It is the hatred of Satan, of God's creation, that makes people be selfish. When we are selfish and have selfish ambitions, following our own desires, leaving relationships because we're mad and not trying to work them out, not having forgiveness in our hearts and not doing the things God wants us to do, we're working for Satan. We need to turn our lives back to God and let God run our nations, run this world, let God's word dictate how we live our lives and focus on other people rather than our own selfish ambitions. God bless you. I want to thank you for turning for tuning in today. And uh, I pray that this word has been a big help for you. I pray that if anyone out there is going through a selfish situation or if they're in a relationship with someone that's going through a selfish situation, that you pray that God gets into their hearts and shows them where the error of their ways is and that they will get to the point to where they will pray that Psalms 119 and 36. Pray that over them. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not toward my selfish gain. God bless you, and I appreciate you being here. We hope we see you on the next one.